All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. Let's say I'm conservative. All right, okay. and let's say that the one thing that I really want is for America to keep its power. Okay. Right. I, I want America to keep its its uh, strength that it has. I want America mm-hmm. to keep its advantages that it has. Mm-hmm. Probably the thing I would most care about is the environment because that is what gives America almost all of its advantages. The ability to grow things, the uh, the, the wide variety well, of environments. Not so that we much have. the environment; it's the resources. It's the raw resources, Absolutely. right? But but one of those resources is like great farmland, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, great uh, differences in climate that give us the ability to make a whole bunch of different things that we need. We don't have to. We aren't stuck with one type of soil. We have to get everything that we need from other places. We could, in principle, do everything in here, right? So the one thing I'd be most concerned about would be climate. Mm-hmm. You're thinking too far out, man. <laughs> too far out. You need to think about the next quarter. All that counts is the next quarter. Whether you make those revenue numbers. I suppose, isn't it interesting that the idea of conservative is essentially you want things to stay the same, but conservatives are essentially only concerned about what's coming up <laughs> in the very next, you know, f- uh, five months to five years. Mm-hmm. It is odd, isn't it? <laughs> yep. So who's liberals now? <laughs> So you were just out of town. I was in California, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Man, that's an interesting place after dark. Uh, I, you know, the last time I was there I was not very. Uh, I was in my twenties, so it wasn't really. I didn't really get much chance to to run out after dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did take us to a strip club. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went out for that work thing that we had talked about, where you talk about beer. So the first time we went to San Jose. Uh, Almost did not make it out. Uh, now, ha- does Veer have um, a sh- satellite? Uh, like they have other offices and other just just sales reps. Oh, okay, sales reps and SEs. Um, so we have sales rep and two SEs in the Bay Area. Got some in Southern California. Got some in Boston, New York, Atlanta, Texas, Chicago. So how many people? How many people were there for you at this thing? So the the first night, so we had these after work, and I might suggest we start doing it at lunchtime, you know, so people can be paid to come to this thing instead of trying to, you know, instead of you know losing out on their commute or home time. Uh, well, if so, you can do beer, you can't do it at lunchtime. Sure, you can. <laughs> the um, first not, night, not not being assured by it. The first night they had six, twenty people registered, and six people showed up. So not great turnout. And the second night, there was probably 12 or 15. So it was a reasonable crowd, big enough to talk to. First one actually went with Smith. There was a bunch of assholes at the second one. They are just there for the freebie stuff. And they were all talking. They were ignoring the presentation. The, the cloud presentation beforehand, they were completely being rude to this guy. I'm like, oh, maybe, and then they were completely ignored the beer part, too. Okay, so this was like a sales presentation, and then you, you put yeah. your beer thing at the end of it. Like, yeah. So this is the beer sales presentation, and then afterwards, we'll have a little, a little beer. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of the idea behind it, yeah. 
so those are the sizes of the crowds. We almost didn't make it out. It was like within moments of getting. So we get on the plane. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to taxi. And there's a ground hold because they're metering traffic into Midway. So we sit on the tarmac in Pittsburgh for 40 minutes or so. And we actually got released a little bit early than what they had initially told us from that. So like, sweet, you can still make the connection. Then we're flying to Chicago and they put us in an air hold. So we're flying in circles around southern Michigan for a little over an hour. Like Southwest has this flight tracker, right? And I tweeted the one picture of the plane flying east when I'm going to Chicago. I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> so they were talking about diverting to, potentially diverting to St. Louis. I'm like, well, yeah, like this is gonna be suck. But let, let me see. There's actually there was actually a flight that had a good departure time from St. Louis to San Francisco. So as long as there was two seats on that plane. You know, I was like, fine, let's go to... I'd rather go to San Francisco than miss my connection in Chicago. Because right. there was no other flights that would get me there. There was a flight to Oakland. And that's the only flight that might have got me there in time. And then, guys like... Pilots like, uh, in about five minutes, we're going to divert to Columbus, since we're closer to Columbus. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> if we land in Columbus, I am not making it there. And then, like, three minutes later... Maybe he just had a flair for the dramatic, because three minutes later, we were were released to land in Chicago. We made a... (laughs) He had a flair. (laughs) He was like, okay, we got released, but let's let's give him a little... (laughs) (laughs) Let's give him a little tension back there, just just to make a good story. Right. So, (laughs) we land in Chicago. We made our connection just fine, because the flight crew for that plane was also held up, because... Chicago was closed. They weren't allowing flights in. And when we landed, the cloud deck was probably like 120, 150 feet off the ground. It was... I, I was watching when you were telling me this because mm-hmm. uh, you had in-air Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Awesome. So, um, but yeah, I could see the storm just like <laughs> this this big red thing mm-hmm. approaching Chicago. It was clearly pretty bad. Monster. Yeah, the Wi-Fi was really interesting because things like Gmail and Instant Message worked fine. There was a little bit of lag on the Instant Message. But for some reason, the, late, and the latency was there wasn't a lot of packet loss, and the latency was probably about 600, 700 milliseconds, which isn't great. For, you can't play games on that. But right. For some reason, like web pages weren't loading. It would like take like five minutes for a web page to load. And, you know, I've, I I noticed that problem when things are slow. I think it's because websites now have so many different like hooks to different yeah, places. Yeah, maybe there's so many connections trying to get established. There, there's eight different things they're trying to put on there from eight different servers, and so then yeah. all of them have to connect in order for your page to actually finally render. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Gmail is snappy. Yeah. I could send emails. I mean, that's the main reason. Even if I don't... It's nice when you're flying it in the air for six or seven hours during a work day to just keep tabs on your email. That's it's only eight bucks on Southwest, so it's well worth the eight bucks. I wonder if you use one of those no tracker, you know, no no tracking, mm. um, right uh, extensions. If that would make things faster, because it wouldn't load all those little bits that they load right. from other places. Something to keep in mind. I don't have I won't have that long of a flight. The rest yeah. of these trips, you know, right now we'll just be flying to, uh, you know. Between New Boston and New York, and between DC and Atlanta. Well, two weeks of flying to Tucson, so I, mm-hmm. you know, I may. Right, that'll be a big flight. So yeah, well, two flights, but uh, you can usually get it so it's across the day. Yeah, for Southwest, it's eight bucks for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the flight from Pittsburgh to Chicago, even when we were flying around in circles, that had really good connectivity. I mean, that one was like 
really good. And then the other three legs that I was on, not so good. Still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's that, that Louis C.K. bit where, you know, people are bitching about, yeah. you know, shoddy Wi-Fi on a fucking airplane. <laughs> Hello. But it's, gotten, but it's gotten better, too. I mean, it has, it has yeah. gotten better since since Louis C.K. did it. So, yeah. Right. But, I mean, it, it is going to be the point where, I, yeah, I mean, now we do expect that to be good in there. The thing that was an- most annoying is, you know, it's tied to the MAC address, you know. So, you buy it for your laptop, but you can't use it on your oh, phone. Yeah, you know, so that's going to be the next thing people want, is they're going to want it for all their devices. Mm-hmm. And they're somehow make that, have to make that portable. Yeah. Well, it, it should be, like, you buy uh, an account and password for a period of time. So. Yeah. But then they, they don't want that to be passed around to everything. So, but you know you can't have you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I mean I think that's the next thing people are going to expect is because I mean sure you can pay sixteen yeah. bucks and get on both devices, yeah. but uh, that's just. Err. What if there was like a um, uh, uh, an app that was kind of like the opposite, like the inverse of LastPass? Like you actually had an app that was a, a key. That your computer you put onto your various uh, devices, mm-hmm. and other websites would then check that you have this key and that it's valid, and then let you in, and that's your password to things. Yeah, I mean, there's things that are kind of like that. So, actually, we just started rolling out. Did we talk about this. I started rolling out LastPass at work for everyone uh, the last two weeks. Oh, okay, finally, it's been ages in the making, and. Yeah. LastPass, you know, there's not really like a really good stick to make people use LastPass. You got to make them want to use it. So I've been, you know, working with a whole bunch of, it's a, it's a psychological operations campaign right, at yeah. this point, trying to make everyone want to use LastPass. But for LastPass Enterprise, they have SAML support. So when you configure something for SAML, you, for example, Salesforce.com, you go to Salesforce.com, and it's a it's a Navier specific domain. Mm-hmm. So when you go there. It knows that you're a Navier user because it's a Navier-specific domain, and it's configured to do SAML. So now it bounces you to LastPass, and if you're logged in, it bounces you right back to Salesforce logged in. And if you're not logged in, you get a LastPass credential box. So that's kind of you know getting your identity because LastPass's SAML authenticator has knowledge of your web browser, so it knows it's you. You know, it occurs to me that. This might be something that the blockchain would be good for. Uh, if you if you if you didn't make make the blockchain all about currency, if you made it all about a a specific, uh, you know, very hard to break um, past chain that you had that allowed you into things, and that was spread throughout a a decentralized trustless network, then you know you could abandon mm-hmm. that that. Uh, that piece at any point and um, I get a new one and have to revalidate everything but this thing is now spread and it's always available it's a neat idea um, blockchain be one way I mean there's also like the PGP key servers or public keys are out there Right, but I mean, this would be a way to make it uh, a trustless thing. But you could, yeah, I mean, but even I mean, the whole thing about a blockchain is a trustless anonymous ledger, right? Uh, that keeps so how you assert in it. you assert your identity. It's checksummed against the blockchain, but tying. The, the, I think the missing piece there is sure you could assert that your X 
and then they can check it against the blockchain and know that you're X. But then there's still the problem of X's Greg Weiss who gets these. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always the problem of losing the key to your house or losing the key. Oh to no, your no, car. no, not losing the key, but for third-party site to, I guess you could associate it at one point, but you know, you gotta let someone know the, you know, your identity. So, well, yeah, yeah, it, it's not. I mean, so it's not really trustless, right? Because you, they have to trust that you're providing your identity. Well, it's trustless in the case that every new key is is made and is carried across. That's what's trustless. Every new key that's made is is available to everybody else. Okay. I mean, but PGP key servers could do the same thing. Right. But this would be something that it's it's distributed and it's not based on any any particular one place. That would be the the difference. Okay. Is the distributed nature of it. Okay. It doesn't solve any other problems, is Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. But it does give you a distributed nature so you don't have to... uh, And you can check against multiple places and make sure they're all the same thing. Right. Yeah, you just have to worry about the size of the blockchain. Right. Yeah, but th- that would be the problem. But you you conceivably wouldn't make it... Uh, it wouldn't be a huge deal to, to mine new keys because that would just be something that wouldn't happen too often. And it wouldn't be something that turns into a, a mad race for a imaginary, uh, imaginary commodity. Instead, it is actually something that's useful in the sense that it's useful to keep these the, you know, this password system around for everybody. Yeah, maybe. I haven't really had to put more thought into it, but I think there's enough identity systems out there now. It's a little late to try to make an, yet another I, identity system. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, I'm obviously not a fan of Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. I do think the blockchain has right. its... Uh, the, the, the idea has its merits in certain applications. This is one where I think you could make something reasonably good out mm-hmm. of that technology. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, the SAML stuff's pretty cool. Um, it's actually true single sign-on, right? Because if you're authenticated to LastPass, you get into your other sites that support SAML. I just need more sites to enable it. Like we use uh, we use Jira from Atlassian. Yeah. And if you, you buy the hosted version, which you have to host on your own computer, you can install a SAML plugin. But the cloud version that Atlassian serves doesn't have it. It's like, and like, do is it worth having single sign in, and me have to administer another service? There are places that let you log in with like your Facebook account or your Twitter account or something mm-hmm. like that. So they're they're, they're doing yeah, those are OAuth, not not SAML. But I mean, they're this is very similar in what mm-hmm. they accomplish. The SAML stuff's nicer though. Yeah, it's more secure, a lot more secure. But how do you get something like that across to everybody? The nice thing about Twitter is anybody can get a Twitter account. Yeah. Anyway, so you got to to yeah, got to San Francisco, Francisco. and uh, set up for so there was an AWS Summit trade show thing, and so I helped Gretchen set up out there because she didn't have any other help. And we went down to San Jose, did the talk, had some. So for that one, I didn't want to pick the beers specifically by name because I didn't know what they could get. I'd have to pick very safe beers that are always available. So I gave Rob the guy at. Original Gravity, uh, just characteristics I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted a multi beer, like a Scottish ale or something like that. I gave him a couple examples. Or you know, I wanted a tropical IPA because I wanted to talk about how these new IPAs have these tropical flavors. I wanted uh, something estuary. I wanted something robust. And I wanted something sour. So he picked um, Alpine Beer Company, Michelinie's 
Irish ale, Irish, yeah, Irish red. And I'm not a fan of Irish reds. I don't think you are either. This beer was fantastic. <laughs> Alpine Beer Company is known. They're the one that Green Flash just merged with. Yeah. And it's like a one-man or like a family business. And he's known from like making obscenely good hoppy beers. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say, but... He makes, he makes obscenely good... Irish reds yeah. too. I mean, I just don't like the style, and this beer was delicious. I'm not against Irish red as much as you are. It's not like it's not to me like a um uh, uh what's what we did last time the um that I actually like though, but the, <laughs> the like we heavy. heavy. It's not yeah. like that uh, for me, but it is. But it's more like um me and uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't. I'm not enthused by it. You're you're more dislike it, but mm-hmm. but uh, we have that same thing with different ones, right? And then Altamont's Maui Wowie was our tropical IPA that was really good. It was a uh, mosaic and citra, and just really brought out great guava, mm. pineapple, mango flavors. Um, for Estuary, he we did Erdinger Weiss beer. It was okay. It wasn't. Quite as phenolic as I remembered, but I was able to still talk through it. It was a very novice crowd, so you know, mm. I got nods when I pointed out the estuary flavors, a little bit of bubblegum and whatnot. Uh, for the robust beer, we did Speakeasy um, Payback Porter with um, Phil's Coffee. So it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful use of coffee. Mm. I mean, it wasn't stale work. Coffee poured in the beer. It was very well integrated. It was delicious. And then the sour beer was uh, Anderson Valley's Blood Orange Goza. And and that went over really well, too. Some people are like, whoa. I thought Goza's taste like sweat. <laughs> Some people are like, whoa. But, you know, they, were, they were, you know, a lot of them finished their samples. You know, they liked it. So that was that one. And then had a few more beers there. Then we went over to Good Karma Vegan Cafe. This is the place I went to where I met the guy from... Um, Almanac last time. Mm-hmm. Remember how that's why we got the Almanac beers? So we went over there. We weren't there for very long. A lot, everyone was tired. But I had, um, I had two sour beers. I had a beer from Cellar Maker called Egregious. And it was pretty sour. It had, probably its main flavor was like green strawberries. Mm. But, oh, it was so good. And then I had uh, Spontaneous Cheer from the Lost Abbey. And at first, I at the beginning, I, did, I had a second. I didn't like it as much as the Rare Barrel. But then by the end, it kind of grew on me, and now it was like a toss-up. I didn't know which one I liked better. So those were the two beers I had on uh, at the at uh, Good Karma. And then, yeah, on Thursday, we did the tasting at the Thirsty Bear. Thirsty Bear had good quality beers. They didn't have quite the variety, you know, or quite, and also quite the outstandingness of the mm-hmm. ones that Rob was able to pick for the first night. But it went well, and uh, their English-style IPA, their Bulldog IPA is really good. Um, what else is really good there? So Thirsty Bear is a is actual brew pub. It's a brew pub. Yeah, it's, it was like a it was like less than a block and a half from from the from the from the, uh, the conference center. So uh, got a decent turnout, except for that group of a holes. I guess there's people that just troll like free marketing events from San Francisco, and that's just all they do is troll them. If there's so many, mm-hmm. it's like wedding crashers, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's exactly what it is, really. And then um, I couldn't talk anyone from Avir to come with me to the um, to Cellar Maker. Cellar Maker is it was five blocks away. It was about a mile. What is it? Is, is it's, it? it's a brew pub. Yeah, and they're known for hoppy beers. These guys had like six distinctly different hoppy beers. On they had 
they had nine beers on tap and like six of them were like distinct IPAs, but like distinctly different. A mm-hmm. um, couple with New Zealand hops, a couple of, oh, it was, they were all very tasty. Then they had this beer called, um, I can't think of the name of it right now. It was a spiced brown ale and it was spiced with black pepper and chicory and cinnamon and a bunch of other things. But the way the flavors were put together, it smelled and tasted like marijuana. <laughs> and it wasn't just me, the marijuana novice, you know, never smoked guy mm-hmm. that thought that. And But it, it's funny because when you taste it, you could taste the chicory, you could taste the black pepper. And then when you, you just let it like all blend together when you're not dissecting it, it tastes like weed. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Interesting. It's designed to taste like weed? Do you think? Or yeah, just- yeah. The name was... The name was something that was kind of like a slang for, I can't remember, what was it? It was... Well, you, it wasn't Pinner. <laughs> no, no. It, if you look it up, uh, the Rare Barrel, uh, you'll find it. Was so it, I was talking to this one guy. The Rare Barrel? Oh, I'm sorry, not the Rare Barrel, uh, Cellar Maker. I was talking to the this guy. He, he does PR for video games, and we're talking about beer. You know, it's just one of those places where there's no TVs, everyone's chatting. And there's a dude behind him that keeps looking at me, listening to what I'm saying about the podcast. You know, he keeps watching and keeps looking. So I, I go over to say hi, you know, just to introduce myself or whatnot. And uh, he's one of the guys from Nognio. <laughs> so there's three guys from Nognio there. They were in New York and they were brewing a collaboration with someone, some brewer I haven't heard of. And then they're working their way up to Portland for the CBC, which is next week. And... Uh, Yes, it was pretty good. I know you're making teasing me on Twitter, but well, I tease you on Twitter because you yes. you asked for it. I know, <laughs> I know. I let you have it. Um, it's true. You accepted it when, when I gave you my justification. So yes, um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, is it? Are you afraid of the dank? Is that what? No, no. It starts with an S. It's like uh, it's one word. It's uh, swag. Swag. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it just had, it just everything came together and had this mer- and it wasn't a hoppy beer. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It wasn't like it was resinous, dank, weedy hops. It came all from the spices. It was really weird. Hmm. Wonder if they put hemp seeds in there. I don't think so, but I don't know. Anyway, and then so I, I left there and I went to McKellar Bar. So McKellar has a, a bar there, and uh, it's quite it's on the pricey side. And I, I only had, I think I had two beers there. No, three beers. But my third beer was, uh, I had to get that Rare Barrel Egregious again. Just because it was so good. So that was my last beer in San Francisco. So I'm sitting at the McKellar Bar. And there's a dude beside me to the left that had a speakeasy hoodie on. So, you know, I asked him, you know, you're a fan of the brewery? He was one of the assistant brewers. So we started talking about that coffee porter that I had had the night before. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, he's, he's, he said he was talk, he's wait, waiting for someone, you know, this guy from New Zealand. And the guy shows up. And it was hilarious because I'm like, I know there's more than six people in New Zealand. Yeah. But do you know Greg McGill? He's like, I do know Greg McGill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. he's... I think Greg is pretty uh, pretty well known. The beer yeah, I think right? I think that's yeah. it. I mean, but you know, this guy was from the South Island. Greg lives on the North Island, and you yeah, know, so he still had you know has a reputation. So that was pretty cool. And so I just took a picture of this guy. I forget his name. And then I just 
I didn't I didn't caption it. I just sent it to Greg on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. I, I was watching your trees. It, it was it was cool. But yeah, you shouldn't have uh, humble bragged. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you, you're 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 fine to humble brag, but it's just when you do, you you have to accept the consequences. I love that last tweet of the night where I'm right across the street from the hotel, and you know there's this drought thing, <laughs> and and some dude's washing piss off the sidewalk yeah. for the garden nose. <laughs> Man, there are a lot of homeless in San Francisco. Yeah, a lot. Uh, it's um, it's a very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a town that that accepts its vagrants. Mm-hmm. So that means that they yeah, there's going to be a lot of people because it's going to be it's a place where homeless can stay and not be uh, right thrown in jail and stuff like that. So yeah, they're going to be there. <laughs> So it was when, when I was walking to Cellar Maker, uh, there was this dude in a wheelchair, and he had this battery-powered speaker that was like this big on the front of his wheelchair, and he's blasting out the beats as he's rolling down the road. <laughs> you know, was, there's another dude right behind him who was picking up spent cigarette butts so he could collect the tobacco, or the yeah, the, uns- the unsmoked tobacco out of them. Interesting place. Saw a dude get ta- tasered by the cops. Uh, I was walking from when I was walking from Cellar Maker to McKellar. This guy blows past me. I, I didn't see him coming far enough in advance. He kind of like actually bumped my shoulder a little bit. And this old guy is kind of chasing after him. And I turn around, like like trying to decide if I should get involved. And right then, the cops all pull in. Like two cops pull in, and they're like yelling at the guy. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Tasering isn't funny to me, particularly after what just recently happened. Uh, I, I tweeted, uh, Dave favorited, I don't know if you saw that, but I tweeted that um, it turns out Robocop, the horrible thing about Robocop is it's a story about us. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, what what this cop did is he just turned into uh, your move, creep. And mm-hmm. then as soon as the guy you know, did something a little stupid, just executed him. Right. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's heavy stuff. It is heavy stuff, but it. Unfortunately, there is there's nobody who is um, supporting it, right? There's, there, I mean, there are people who are trying to make excuses for it, but there's nobody who's saying this guy did the right thing, mm-hmm. right? So at least there's that. But uh, another each another situation where hey, if we had privacy, this this guy would have gotten away with it. If we had privacy, yeah. If if there were, you know, if if there wasn't a phone everywhere all the time, if people didn't have that stuff on them, and if we had like regulations against not, uh, you know, not being able to record things in public. Oh, okay. I see. Uh yeah, so that was my trip. I went to bed at twelve thirty. Had to get up at like three to catch my flight. You do that a lot. You you are you only live once, man. Yeah, but you, you, I think it like alcohol. If I get if if I get drunk, I do not function well the next day. You, I think you're able to to to, to cruise through it. So so I mean, I was tweeting a lot, and I wasn't really that drunk. 
I mean, I was a little drunk, but I wasn't that drunk. Right. Like, you I, asked I, me, how much do you remember? And I'm yeah. like, I wasn't even close to yeah, to being... But, yeah, okay, so you, you, but you still, you feel it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's like, do I get coffee in the first thing in the morning, or do I get coffee after I landed in Chicago, you know, because I didn't want to be like, awake, you know, like I wanted to try to fall asleep. I took a little bit of a in-and-out nap for a bit. Uh, it worked out pretty well. Uh, I went to bed as soon as the kids went to bed last night, though. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I got to... Um, so, we were exhibiting at this AWS summit, and I went as an attendee, so I went and checked out the, the you know the trade show booths, went to the keynote, didn't go to any of the workshops. Workshops really didn't seem that exciting, the ones I had registered for anyway. But uh, when it was around lunchtime, I came back to the booth and I kind of let Bernie go get lunch. So I was actually doing the pitch for the thing. It's kind of fun. I wouldn't want to do it all day, every day. I don't want to do it again for a while. But it's kind of fun telling our story, explaining how we work and whatnot. So I did that for a few hours. Yeah. I mean, because you're, uh, you're like me. You're, you're a truth teller. Yeah, you're not a you're not a salesman so much, but you you are happy to tell something that's true. And, oh yeah, you know, like, I'll explain what works yeah. and what we do yeah. and and whatnot. Because there's so many ways you can deploy us right now. So it's like the one thing I could never come up with a good answer is like one sentence to explain what a fear is, because the one sentence thing is long out the window. We have so many other features, and you can deploy us in like five different configurations or something like that. That it's hard to explain it in one sentence. If you can't, if you do, it's a very vague sentence. You yeah. know? We give you faster, faster access to cheaper storage. You know, that's that's about as close as I can get for a one sentence. We save you money. <laughs> that's that's what that's, everyone. That's say. what people want to hear, though. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of fun. We save you money in a space that is costing you a lot more than it should. That's that's pretty true when you're paying. EMC or NetApp for your story. Mm-hmm. Speaking of NetApp, there's a story in the register that they are about ready to do a layoff, and they may lay off 30% of the workforce. It's like 4,000 people. Yeah, I know. And, and imagine, you know, because they were trying to bring you uh, and uh, certain friends of ours back all the time. They only tried to get me back once, but it's been a while. I haven't heard anything from them lately. But yeah. It's like, if they do this, like, 4,000-person layoff, I don't know if it's going to be that big, but that's just crazy. If it's true, you know, all those w- times I've wondered if I made the right decision, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll have my answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody grows forever. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you may have grown too far and you had to pull back some. I mean, they they had a big workforce reduction when I was there. Yeah. I can't remember how many. They probably got rid of like 800 people or so. Um, then a couple of years ago, after I left, they got rid of another 600. But I mean, if they do 30%, jeez. So keep your ear open. See what news comes out this week or next week. Okay. I mean, it's, enough that you care. But. Yeah, it's not it's not my industry. But I, I understand that uh, you know, you've got a lot of friends in there. So um, you might have some good resumes come in. <laughs> most of the stuff most of the places we're hiring it was in Tucson not here so right 
So you want to move on to the beer? Let's do the beer show, and then we got other stuff to talk about. 